Good morning, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. We are so glad that you have joined us today for this time that we're going to get in God's Word and bring you a message from the Word of God today. You know, one of the royal titles of Jesus in the Old Covenant, as we approach the Christmas season, they kind of blend fall and Christmas together, but I want to tell you, there, there is a, there is, there is a wonderful, wonderful message in Scripture about the Messiah when He would come, the Savior when He would come. And it says, and these be His royal titles. And in the Old Covenant, His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And most Bible scholars read that anew and they take the comma away in wonderful and counselor being separated. Although he was a wonder in his birth, his life, his everything, but it is his counsel. Uh, he's wonderful counselor, not wonderful, comma. Counselor, but wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Well, we want to bring you His wonderful counsel today from the Word of God. You know, He said, as many as I love to a church that made Him sick because of what they had become, the church of Laodicea, the seventh church in the province of Asia, the last church. Many believe that the church age we are in right now is the Laodicean church age because of the lukewarmness that's going to allow for the falling away. But here's what he says to that church with all of his criticism of that that was wrong. He says, as many as I love. <laughs> See, love is intact even though they deserve nothing but the judgments and the and the condemnation that he initially condemned them with. He actually said, Amen, because thou art lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And that means literally to vomit something up. Something makes you so sick, it gushes out. Oh, friend of mine. And yet he says in the same context as be be. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. For as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. You see, love didn't stop. It continued to urge them to repent and be restored. I love that about God's agape kind of love. That's why we're titling this message today, The Power of Covenant Love. It is so different from the deepest and most wonderful expression of human love. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's get into it. Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 9. Let's read it together. The power of covenant love. We need that foundation for our faith today. We need that foundation for our fellowship today. We need that foundation when things circumstantially uh, look like, where's God? Why is this happening? We need that to give us what the foundation for trusting Him no matter what. In the midst of all that is going on, God's love is still at work in you and in me today. Hallelujah. Well, listen to Deuteronomy 7, 6-9. through 9. It said, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. 
the Lord thy God that's chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And this is all, friend, because covenant. Listen, the Lord did not, and here's the covenant love, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any other people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, (laughs) he established this covenant, friend, because he loves you. And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt? Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generation. I like one translation said, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generation. Covenant is a strong word in scripture. In fact, your Bible, my Bible is divided in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The word there in the Hebrew, the word in the Greek in the New Testament, it's covenant. It's covenant. It's in covenant language. Listen, covenant. Uniformly, the Hebrew word used to express covenant is from a word meaning to fetter or obligation, from a root meaning to bind. A general characteristic of covenant is its unalterable and permanently binding character. In the context of the Old Testament, the covenant God made with His chosen constitutes a divine announcement of God's holy will to extend the benefits of His unmerited grace to men and women who are willing to receive them by faith and commit themselves to God in love. I want to give you some characteristics of covenant love while we have a little bit of time on Sunday morning alive. Covenant love is permanent. Covenant love. I want you to say it with me in this listening audience today. Covenant love is permanent. Get that down in your heart. Get it in your mind first, but don't keep it there. Let it get down in your heart. Hallelujah. The the counter to this uh, counterpart in the New Covenant, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Charity or agape divine love never faileth. One translation said, never fails, fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. A paraphrase says, this kind of love goes on forever. It is a permanent love. See, human love can come to an end. It's based largely on emotions. There's a delightful story told by the late Rufus Jones a blacksmith in Maine who was exceeding short in stature. He fell in love with the tallest girl in town. It's quite a romance. No one knew it. (laughs) The girl didn't even realize how much he loved her. But one day she came to the blacksmith's shop to get some welding done for her father. He proposed to her on the spot, and much to his amazement, she accepted him. He jumped up on an anvil and kissed her. They went out for a walk. He wanted to kiss her again. She said, not in public. And the little man replied, 
if there ain't going to be any more kissing, I'm not going to carry this anvil any further. Amen. Listen, friend of mine, we can carry people and carry them and carry them and carry them until and 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 put up with uh, with, uh, such such rebellion and such hatefulness and such meanness you may be a battered spouse it may be a friend who has betrayed you we can put up with so much and then that love begins to stretch thin and even close off it's hard for us to go on loving someone who fails us or causes us pain. Peter failed God, but Jesus kept loving him because Jesus loved him with covenant love. And covenant love is permanent. It never fails. That's why the Bible said in, in 1 Corinthians 13 about covenant love, about charity, divine, agape love, the God kind of love. Love believes all things, bears all things, endures all things, never fails and never ends. Hallelujah. And that's why Lamentations 3.22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. I like this translation, uh, uh, actual from the uh, Revised Standard Version. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. That's what gave Jeremiah hope, even though God's covenant people had sinned against him. And Jeremiah had preached a lifetime, and they refused and rebelled and did not turn and return to God. Now his judgments were in the land. Their enemies were taking them captive down into Babylon. And Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. I call it the book of the blues in the scripture. And he said, when I consider the wormwood and the gall, wormwood means bitterness. You know, there's a comet or an asteroid, a heavenly body is going to fall into the sea in the book of Revelation. And our our focus from NASA is on the heavens right now. And, and it's going to kill a third of every living thing in the sea when it falls into the sea. And it's during the tribulation period. And the name of that is Wormwood. Amen. The bitterness, the bitterness, the bitterness, the bitter waters that they couldn't drink. Oh, were made sweet when, when the, when the wood was, was put into the water symbolic of the cross of wood that Christ would die on and poison waters and bitter waters, undrinkable waters became sweet and pure and God's people could could quench their thirst there hallelujah is a type of what Jesus would do on the cross God's love is a durable love dear friend it's strong enough to hold us up in spite of our weaknesses if we will turn to him in true sincerity and repentance for help there are many things that love cannot condone but there's nothing that love cannot forgive Friend of mine, the only thing that can't be forgiven is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, the unpardonable sin. And it's because the heart is rejecting this covenant love. How shall we escape, the Scripture said. How how shall we escape this judgment to come if we neglect 
such a great love as this. Covenant love is a permanent love. And even the people that have committed the unpardonable sin, they're not going to hell because God quit loving them. They're going to hell because they have pushed back the Holy Spirit, attributed to God the works of the devil, attributed to the Holy Spirit. The only one that can draw us to God is Him. He came to convict us of sin and of judgment. He came to draw us to God so we could be saved. And when we utter those words, it it shows the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And someone said every time, therefore you open your mouth, you let men see into your heart. God knows what's in the heart. And when he sees the heart calloused and the conscience seared as a hot iron, then there's no more he can do than what he has done. He sent his son to die on the cross. He sent his Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin and bring us to salvation. If we reject what Jesus did on the cross and the Holy Spirit that comes to woo us and comes to convict us, to convince us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, there's nothing more God can do. He can't pardon us because we will not repent. Friend of mine, but God loves that person. God loved Judas He didn't hate Judas. He wanted Judas to repent and gave him the option and the alternative because this kind of love is different from the deepest and best expression of human love. That's why the Scripture said, Amen, can a mother forsake her suckling child? Yea, she may. It's against her nature. The best representative of human love at its best is a mother's deep love for the child, self-sacrificing love, love that would lay down its life. Listen, God's loved us with that kind of love and greater because He's loved us with divine agape love, supernatural love based on a covenant. It is permanent. It never ends and it never fails. And it is perfect because it's based on God's promise and His oath to perform it. Glory to God. Let's look at this, this perfect love of His. In Deuteronomy 9, 4 through 6, it says, Speak not thou in thine heart, after that the Lord thy God cast them out before thee, saying, Listen, for my righteousness the Lord hath brought me into possession of this land. But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord did drive them out from before thee. In other words, he said, I'm judge, I'm using you to judge them so I can bless you. Listen, again, he's reiterating in verse 5, not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the Lord sware unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand, therefore, verse 6, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land. This is the third time he's telling them, it's not because you're so great. It's not because you're so good. 
Amen. Listen, understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God, in other words, don't strut and talk about how worthy you are and unworthy they are. I'm punishing them and I'm blessing you, but it's not because you deserve it. It's because of something else. Listen, verse six, understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff necked people. Amen. Thou art a stick, stiff-necked people. Why did he choose a stiff-necked people, a people smaller in number, a people that do, clearly didn't deserve this kind of blessing in any sense of the word, that he might demonstrate the difference between the best of human love and the divine agape love that commits itself to love by covenant. Glory to God. This is not permission to sin. This is not permission to be unrighteous. It just means our righteousness at its best without His covenant to love us is not enough to obtain the mercy and the grace that we need. Since we are imperfect, the only basis for boldness is in in God's presence is covenant love and the righteousness of God provided by the shed blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to 1 John 4:16 through 19. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And we love Him. Because He first loved us. I like the paraphrase of 17 that says, We can face Him with confidence and joy. In the day of judgment, we can face Him with confidence and joy because He loves us and because we love Him too. Praise God. Amen. This is the power and purpose of covenant love today, dear friend. Dr. Billy Graham quoted Victor Hugo's statement about love, and I quote, The supreme happiness of life is in the conviction that we are love. And he quotes Freud, even these secular uh, humanists, really. He said, love is the first requirement for mental health. You see, even the world has figured out the power of love in our life today. God is love, dear friend. And God loves you. And He loves you by not only the old covenant that He made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to love, but the new covenant, which is based on the shed blood of Jesus. In fact, God's love is perfect, flawless. Therefore, we do not fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. When Jesus died on the cross, He demonstrated covenant love. Supernatural agape love. A commitment to love man at His worst. Listen. On the cross, Jesus stayed there. He stayed there for six tormented hours. 
He could have come off the cross. He could have kept them from putting him on the cross. But he said, my kingdom is not of this world. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. We're going to be singing Christmas songs before you know it. And one of the verses will say, unto us a son is given. Unto us a son is given. Not to lay in a manger in and evoke sentimental feelings to this beautiful, little, perfect, pure child, God incarnate. He didn't come to lay in a manger and evoke mere emotional feelings about how, how sweet this little Christ child is. He came with a purpose, and the purpose was to grow up to a man and go to a cross at, and hang on that cross until the wrath of God was burned out in him and so he could say it is finished it is accomplished that's God keeping a covenant to love hallelujah and that covenant ratified and that covenant amplified through the blood of Jesus Christ so the scripture said God commends his love to us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us in that incredible love today he didn't start loving you when you tried to do better he didn't start loving you when you tried or did get right with him through repentance and now your performance is very good in showing your love back and serving him with all that you are he loved you when you were a sinner enough to give his son and greater love than this hath no man jesus taught than a man would lay down his life for his friends, and you're my friends, if you do whatever I teach you and command you. Praise God. And again, it's not earning it through obeying Him. Amen. It's receiving it and responding to it that brings that deep devotion that produces the obedience. Do you understand the difference today in obeying in order to earn love and obeying because we are loved? <laughs> Hallelujah. What a difference it made. I, I used to mow the yard when I was actually in you know fifth grade in elementary school. I was mowing the yard because my daddy worked and my mama was working and they would threaten me. <laughs> you know, now Bobby, I want to see that yard mowed when I I get home don't you run off on your bicycle and mow not mow this yard they they were working and and you know when I was younger and I didn't appreciate that they were both working so hard and making so little just so we could have the basics of life I didn't appreciate them for that and I mowed the yard because of the threat if I didn't <laughs> what would happen <laughs> some form of punishment would be given me and I didn't want to be punished so reluctantly I obeyed but when I began to mature enough to appreciate how hard my mother worked and how her feet hurt her every day, standing up as a cashier all day, how my dad worked in a hot tire shop uh, in the middle of the summer and sweating through his clothes, making a little bit of money so we could have the basics of life. I remember the very first time that I cranked up the lawnmower, not just because I was asked or told to mow it, but because I wanted to help out to show appreciation for how hard they were working for me. You know, when that light bulb came on, mowing the yard was never 
like it used to be. It was never a job. It became a joy. I could smell the grass, the smell of that new cut grass. and I could stand back when I was done and look at that new mown lawn. As the song says, amen, that new mown, mown, mowed lawn. Amen. I, I could look at it with a sense of satisfaction. I have contributed. I have took some of the burden off of my mama and my daddy. And, and and now I can get on my bike and go play and do anything I want to do because I've obeyed. I've obeyed and I did it from the heart. That's what God wants us to do. To be so stimulated by His love for us and what He's done to demonstrate that love that we never doubt it and that we serve Him and love Him back for loving us that much. Who am I? The song says, Who am I? Who are you? Who are we that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, Not my will thine for? The answer I may never know why he ever loved me so that to an old rugged cross he would go. For who am I? Oh, hallelujah. You know, the Bible said, that we have been brought, we've not only been forgiven, but because of this kind of love, we've been brought into God's royal family. We are now the sons and daughters of Almighty God. We've been baptized into Jesus Christ and become, spiritually speaking, one with Him, (laughs) bone of His bone, flesh of His flesh. Praise God. Amen. We're buried with Him in baptism symbolism. What spiritually actually occurs at salvation or occurred when we got saved, buried with Him, always with Him because we're in Him, right? We've been raised with Him to walk in the newness of life with Him and we've been made to sit with Him in heavenly places. Well, of course, in in the actual Greek it says joint seating. We're, We're seated with Him because we've been baptized into Him. (laughs) And He's come to abide in us. Amen. Christ in you and me. The hope of glory. This kind of love has, has brought a salvation that is much more than just forgiving our sins and leaving us bound by sin. Forgiving our sins and not delivering us from Satan's dark domain. This is powerful covenant love. It is permanent And it is the kind of love that never gives up. Don't don't let the devil tell you that you have sinned so great a sin that God has given up on you. And so you might as well just do all the sinning you can on your way to hell. Don't let the devil tell you that because there's not enough sinning you can do to make up for an eternity of banishment and punishment. Heaven is real. Hell is real. These things are forever things today. And I want you to know God doesn't want you to go there. He don't want me to go there. Jesus came to this planet, did what He did on the cross, so we wouldn't have to go there. Because it's not His will that any perish, but that all come to repentance, that all have everlasting life. Praise God. Friend of mine, God loves you. With that kind of love. First John talks about it, doesn't it? First John 3, verse 1 and 2. 
Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God, literally children. That's involving men and women, children, the children of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, verse 2, Now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. One Bible translation says, How great the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. Hallelujah. I like the Amplified. It said, what manner of love? It says, the, what, what incredible quality of love. What incredible quality of love. Praise God. And covenant love is also protective. Protective. We need protection today. We need a covering today. In fact, when I go out, yes, I wear the mask because you can't get in some stores without it. Yes, I I try to wash my hands and not suck my thumb, <laughs> which I don't anyway. But I don't want to put my finger in my eye or my mouth. I use the hand sanitizer when I get back to my car. I wash them thoroughly when I get home. That's wisdom. That's not a lack of faith, friend. That's wisdom. Don't throw out wisdom in the name of faith because that is not how faith operates. All right? Covenant love is protective. God so identifies with His people that he personally is moved when we are in jeopardy. And he's personally committed to our defense. That's why I don't just put on the face covering. I pray for a covering of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Listen to what God said in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 9. It said, For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness and led him about. He instructed him and kept him as the apple of his eye. Hallelujah. As the eagle, as the eagle stirreth up her nest and fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. Hallelujah. God is a God. Amen. Who commits himself to us. Who feels our pain. Who feels everything that we feel. And responds in compassion and mercy. Because of the love that he has for us. That word apple of his eye. It literally means in the Hebrew. The little man of the eye. The pupil of the eyeball. God loves us just as if uh, 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 something had flew into our eye and we, we immediately, by reflex, respond by covering and trying to get that speck out or that, that has gotten in out. We are protective over our eye because of the vulnerability. And He's protective over you and me because of our vulnerability. And he, by the reflex action of his love, it's not us trying to get his attention. It's not us trying to get him to respond to us. It's him seeing our need and love reacting 
by saying, I want to meet that need. Call on me in the day of... See, here it is. Call on me. Call on me in the day of trouble. Psalm 50, 15. Call and call on me in the day of trouble. (laughs) And why? Because love is saying, I'm available to you. You have access to me and, and you're going to find a throne of grace. And you're going to find mercy and grace to help in the time of any need at that throne. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. God will protect you during this pandemic. God will protect me. He'll take you from or take you through. But the end result will be the same. He will keep you as the apple of His eye. <laughs> Hallelujah. And how is this love expressed? As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her rings, taking them, bearing them on her wings. He takes a covenant nation and said, Thou shalt be born on eagles' wings. This is all because of a covenant to love us today, dear friend. Don't ask me why. I love the song that says by Andre Crouch, who's with the Lord now. But I remember how popular the song was when he said, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why that he cared. I don't know why that he would lay down his life. Oh, oh, but I'm glad. I'm so glad that he did today. I don't know why God loved us like that. I don't know why God loves you like that. But I know according to the scripture. And in light. Of how he commended it to us. By giving his son. And Jesus hanging on the cross. Oh but I know. I know he did. I know he does. And I know he's reaching out to you. As a Christian today, you may be in circumstances that seem to say, if God loved you, He wouldn't let this happen. You may be in circumstances that you have created that say, how could God love me? How could God love me? After me failing Him this badly, I want you to know He's waiting with open arms for you to come home Come home. Come back to Him. Don't let the devil tell you. God doesn't love you anymore. He wouldn't help you if you cried out to Him. Repent of your sin. Run to Jesus. Don't run from Him. He will abundantly pardon you. God will forgive you. God will receive you back into that safe place that He's wanted to keep you in all along you don't know and have never known Jesus as your Savior, don't run from Him. Don't run from Him. We're faced with our mortality. Tens of thousands of people are dying and not all of them old and out of shape. Not all of them without, with underlying conditions. Young people are passing away, not from accident but from this pandemic. All of us are having to think beyond this mortal realm. God says, listen, I want you in heaven with me. Not if the time comes, but when the time comes. It's appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment. 
Come to Christ today. Run to Him. Confess your sins, repent of them, and be saved. And when you are, He'll cover you with covenant love. And until it's time to go home, nothing's going to take you home because He will cover you and protect you. In Jesus' name.